you know, I had to make a decision that night when we went back to the hotel, either I was going to let, you know, my first day, you know, define the rest of this contest, or I was going to start from scratch um, on day two. And I mean, that's very, very difficult to do. And, you know, I said on, a, on previous podcasts, you know, I don't know how I would deal with defeat. So this was, you know, one of the first times that I actually felt it and I had to decide what I was going to do. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to strongwoman Victoria Long. She's a pro strongwoman, the current America's Strongest Woman, and a two-time Arnold Pro Champion. She's also a world record holder in the deadlift, having pulled 651 pounds earlier this year at the Arnold in strongman style. They use straps, by the way, just so powerlifting purists don't get upset with this intro. We talk about Victoria's background and strength. She really only started competing seriously in 2019 and her mental tips for turning bad days into small, or in her case, sometimes big, wins. It could be argued Victoria is the strongest overall woman in the world right now. Some more wins at top levels could cement that. So it's rare to get training, nutrition, and mindset insight from someone at her caliber of performance. Really hope you all enjoy this one. Victoria, thanks for taking the time today. You are a busy athlete coming off a string of very good competitions. So it's always nice to catch people in the come down, not the lead up, though we will talk about what you're preparing for now. Uh, and I got to ask, how are you feeling? How's the body? How's training and recovery? All that jazz right now. First of all, David, I'd like to thank you for having me. These are always fun for me to do. You know, I'm I'm still licking a few wounds from the Arnold. I think with every, for me anyway, with every contest that just, you know, there's something else that hurts and, you know, it's just that whole thing. But um, otherwise I'm feeling good. Gotten back to training again, you know, back to the dieting and eating right, all that good stuff. So overall it's going well. So back to dieting and eating right implies that after the Arnold, which was about a month ago, a little more, a little less than a month ago, after it implies that after a competition, there's a period of not eating right. And really enjoying yourself. So I got to ask, what is that like for you? What are you like? How long is that period? What are those go-to cheat meals? The things that like when training is really sucky, you're like, but I get to eat this after the competition. (laughs) So honestly, for me, it starts like kind of during the contest because, you know, the way you have to carb load and, and, uh, you know, feed your body during the contest so that you're, you're able to perform, you know, at, at your best. And kind of after that, there's like this several day period, maybe a week where I'm just kind of like, gross don't put like uncrustables in front of me don't put anything like gross or sweet or you know what i mean it just because i had i've had to eat so much of it during the you know a couple days of contest but i don't i wouldn't say that there's like a go-to cheat for me i mean you know we may go and have chinese a few more times than we should or like order pizza more than we should you know for a couple weeks but it doesn't get too crazy off the wall for me so you, you mentioned uncrustables you are probably the seventh. Str- this this podcast is not sponsored by Uncrustables. I don't know who makes Uncrustables, <laughs> but you're probably the seventh strength athlete in the past couple of years to mention Uncrustables on this podcast. <clears throat> Here's a question: Some people say Uncrustable Uncrustables are pre-workout. Some say they're intro-workout. Some say they're post-workout. 
what are they for you? Under which of the food groups, pre, during, or post-workout do Uncrustables fall for you? They, uh, for, I really only eat them during contests, before and during contests. I mean, occasionally, maybe I'll pop one in if, you know, I need a little something extra during a workout here. But generally, they're, they're pre-workout or pre-contest and then during. And, I mean, that's just what works best for me. Some people you see eating the Sour Patch Kids or, you know, things like that. But Uncrustables um, seem to do the trick. I just can't emphasize enough how not sponsored by Uncrustables this podcast is, <laughs> but they always they always come up. Okay, so I'm going to go in reverse order because normally I ask people like, oh, what's your athletic background? How'd you get to where you are today? And, and I will. I'll do that whole thing. But since we're talking about the Arnold anyway, tell us about how the Arnold went for you this year in 2023. Well, uh, it's no secret that day one was not my best performance by a long shot. I got seventh on the wheel of pain, which is our first event, uh, fourth in the log. And needless to say, I was, I was disappointed. I was frustrated. Um, of course at myself. And you know, those are times where you think back on your training, like, should we have done more here or there or, you know, switch something around, but it is at the end of the day, it is what it is. And so, like I said, I was very frustrated and, you know, I had to make a decision that night when we went back to the hotel, either I was going to let you know, my first day, you know, define the rest of this contest, or I was going to start from scratch um, on day two. And I mean, that's very, very difficult to do. And, you know, I'd said on, a, on previous podcasts, you know, I don't know how I would deal with defeat. Mm. So this was, you know, one of the first times that I actually felt it and I had to decide what I was going to do. And so I decided, you know what, it is what it is. Day one, I can't take back. So let's go into day two and see what we can do. So day two went very well for me placing first in all the events and, you know, by the grace of God and the, you know, the, just the way things worked out, I, you know, I was able to take home the win. So it ended very well. It didn't start off very great, but it ended very well. So I, we've, I've actually talked with a lot of strongman athletes before about the difference between like single day contests, like a Giants Live or something, you know, talking to athletes who really excel in those kind of quicker call them stadium formats versus a multi-day competition you know the longest being like longer ones being world's strongest woman strongest woman in the world world's strongest man where you're going across multiple sometimes three four sometimes five days i mean really real slogs with recovery days in between i am just gonna say the best turnaround i've ever heard is going from quote-unquote shitting the bed day one <laughs> to winning every event day two <laughs> that's a that's a heck of a comeback, and I'm, I'm I want to get to the events day too because there are some really memorable ones there. There are some real highlights that we covered on Barbed. What do you think helped you mentally? You talked a little bit about it. You're like, hey, I can't take day one back. Is there a mantra? Is there like a vision board? Is there something your coach says that you know is going to kind of put the focus back on, or at least put the blinders back on to any other distractions and just look at what's in front of you? You know, I think, I don't know that there's a mantra necessarily. Um, you know, one of the things that my coach does a really good job of is keeping things real with, um, I'm not a person that needs, you know, the extra pats on the back or the extra like encouragement, like, all right, Vic, here we go. You know, it's all right. We got this. We got this. No. I mean, he keeps it real with me and he's like, this is what needs to happen. This is what we need to do in order for you to, you know, dig yourself out of this hole. Um, and it's, and I think that works best for me more than anything. Cause it's real, it's realistic. And the things that I have to do, if, if, they're put to me in that context. What I have to do is very realistic and it's achievable. So I think that that works has worked better for me than anything, really. I talk a lot about being positive and, 
over the course of my career in, in, in the sport. And, you know, that weekend kind of played into that. Well, I'm not going to be a hypocrite and just, you know, have a shit attitude about the rest of the contest because I didn't do well. You know, I have to pick myself up. And this is what I preach to other people. Like, it's okay. We fail. We as humans fail. Even the best of us fail. So that was important for me too, not only for myself, but for the people that, you know, follow me and watch and, and all that. Let's talk about those events day two. And I'm always curious from, I don't want to just like reread the barband article about this because like a lot of people already read that. I can tell you exactly how many tens of thousands of people read that because I can just go to the analytics. But I want to hear this from your perspective. So take us, it doesn't necessarily need to be event by event day two, but it totally can be uh, from your perspective how that went. Sure. Well, we will start with the first event because it was the deadlift and deadlift was one of my better events. I would I would say so. Sorry, spoiler alert for, <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know what's going um, It wasn't always that way though. You know, it's... Uh, it did start off my career so great. But anyway, now, present day, it's one of my better events. So I was looking forward to it. I knew what I was capable of, you know, because of how our trainings went. And, you know, it was powerlifting rules, so you got three three pulls. And that was it. And I just, I was feeling really, really good. I was feeling really strong, you know. And my last pull was 651, and Tamara matched it. She decided she was going to go up to 651, and, you know, she matched it. And so we tied, and... I mean, that's kind of how that event went. Obviously, I was very proud of myself, <laughs> especially with that event. It was, it was really cool. And then the second event was the stone throw. I'm not even going to try and pronounce how they actually say it, but the stone throw. And that was an event where, you know, nobody really knew how that was going to go for them because, you know, nobody could actually put hands on the implement or get a replica of it prior to contest. So you just kind of had to, in your training, kind of make it work. Do you like that? Did you like that, by the way? I know some athletes are frustrated when they can't replicate the implement in a training environment. Some athletes are like, yeah, it kind of goes back to the sport's roots. You don't really know what's going to be thrown at you, literally. Oh, my God, I can't believe I used that for the stone <laughs> throw event. I'm curious as to where you kind of fall on that spectrum. Sure. I think I'm kind of on the side of, you know what, everybody's in the same boat when it comes to this because nobody can get their hands on this. I mean, this is the first time when, when we were there, this the first time that any of us ever touched the stone. So I, I think I enjoy those events better because it puts everybody on more of a, uh, I think, a level playing field mm. when it comes to events like that. So, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It was different. That's kind of where I'm at with it. So, you know, during my training, I was like, well, this is going to be what it's going to be. So, hey, <laughs> let's do the best we can with it. So, yeah, and then the last uh, event was the Timber Carry. And I am, frame is also one of my stronger events. I have a pretty good grip. So I knew that frame carry was not easy, but it was it was gonna it was gonna be a good event for me. So, you know, and I, I pulled off a win on that one by just like the skin of my teeth because Becca was like six point eight something and I was six point five or six point six something or something like that. So it was very, very close her and I. I'm curious on the deadlift event. You know, six fifty one basically pulling more weight on a deadlift than any woman has ever pulled so that's cool I, I'm, I'm like i don't know how to like i don't know how to not undersell it because it's such a it's an historic achievement were you surprised that, that tamara went just matched it instead of going heavier i wasn't and the reason why i wasn't is because i think it was uh her second attempt was 641 mm-hmm. and they didn't give her the rep on the 641 and so when she went up to the same um i i, I wasn't surprised because I mean, it was kind of like all or nothing for her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. she knew, she probably knew, I don't want to say she knew because I, I wasn't in her head, but you know, she probably knew that 
being that 641 didn't go as, as she had planned that, you know, probably going more than what I was going for. It, it, it probably just didn't make sense. She had a better mm-hmm. chance probably of getting the 651 than she would have like the 671 or whatever the next jump was, 660. So no, I wasn't surprised at all. She matched. All right. I'm just, just, just curious on that. There's always a little, um, gamesmanship when it comes to these these things and uh you know in strength sports matching as opposed to exceeding it is a little different because this isn't like powerlifting or weightlifting where you can take much smaller increment jumps like a, a 10 pound it was like a 10 or 20 pound jump for the next increment like that's that is pretty significant so you know i, I do appreciate yeah. the the context there would you say the win at the arnold is, has that been the highlight the high point of your strength career so far yeah i would say so and I mean, I think the reason why is because we were, I mean, we were treated exactly like the men were treated this year with everything from accommodations to warm up time and equipment to, so it was, you know, to, to be a part of something like the Arnold and you're on the same playing field as the guys finally is just a really cool, it's a really cool thing. It's really cool to be a part of. And, you know, the fact that I was able to win was icing on the cake, I guess. What is your favorite event in the sport and i'm gonna ask after that just as a preview what is your least favorite event in the sport um you know i really like yoke not not frame carry but like yoke like across the back across across the the shoulders yoke Uh okay yeah i really like yoke i'm able to you know to put a lot of weight on my back and and be pretty speedy with it and there's just something about it i don't know so putting that much weight on your back and moving you know not just squatting it but moving it I think is, is really cool. And I really enjoy it. That's, that would probably be my favorite. The least favorite event now would be the wheel of pain. The wheel of pain. Wheel of pain. For those who aren't clear, you can cut out there for just a second. So I wanted to say, <laughs> it's also so fun to say wheel of pain. <laughs> I can envision the, the wheel of pain. I've never attempted it, but which is a good thing for all involved. For those who don't know, who can't envision the wheel of pain, please describe the wheel of pain. I will not do it justice by describing it. So I encourage everybody to just hop on Google and check it out for themselves so they can get a vision. But this thing is massive. It has uh, several different heighted um, arms, I guess, that come out from the actual apparatus. And in the inside, the middle of it, there, there's chambers. And as you push forward, there's sand inside these chambers that drops. So as you push, the sand can drop as, as you're going around. So there's always like this constant like pushback. So if you if anybody who watched um, saw when a competitor would let go of it, it would come back a little bit. So as you're pushing, you're fighting that, and then the weight, the heaviness of it, and you know just trying to inch your way along. And uh, you know that was another one of those where they brought it back because they hadn't had it the past couple years. And that's another one of those things where you can't you can't 100% mimic that event in training because there's only one wheel of paint. You know, so some people were pushing vehicles. Um, some people were pushing yokes. So it was, again, just one of those things where you had to figure it out and do your best. But yeah, that would be my least favorite. <laughs> Every athlete I know who has who I've talked to, some not on this podcast, about the Wheel of Pain, they go, yeah, there's only one Wheel of Pain. Thank God. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> thank, God, thank God it's not something that like you can't. They're like, yeah, I'm glad I can't train with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that it's not a part of like the normal comp, you know? I mean, maybe it would be a good thing because we get to practice on it, but no. Yeah, if I only saw that once a year, I wouldn't. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, let's talk about you, you. You gave a little preview earlier. You talked about how deadlift was not always a very strong apparatus for you. Now you are the best in the world, or certainly among the best in the world <laughs> at it. Way to turn the negatives into positives. But let's talk about your strength career. Where did that start, and how long ago was that? So I guess I mean I was a I was a high school athlete. I played uh, volleyball and basketball. I messed around with those a bit, and then the sport that I was in. The, the longest was track and field. I was a thrower. So um, those of you who know about throwing, you know, your success in that comes from power. So I did a lot of like powerlifting movement, those power movements in the gym, like high school. And then I, it just, you know, after high school, it, it, you know, I was a collegiate athlete for about like 5.6 seconds. <laughs> and then after that, I just, I got, you know, I got out of it. Um, I transferred to colleges and it wasn't until about probably I was like in my early 20s that I actually started going to the gym and just training on my own, you know, random stuff. Got into a little bit of bodybuilding. Um, that taught me some things about like muscle control, uh, muscle memory, nutrition, which is a huge thing. And then, you know, through that, I met my strength coach, or my, I'm sorry, my strongman coach and uh, tried it out, tried strongman out in 2019. I've been good at it and enjoyed it. Here we are. So, so 2019, was that your, the year of your first competition or was that just the year you started training? That was the year of my first competition. Um, it was at like a local county fair, um, just a small contest. And I had only trained like three or four weeks for that contest prior. So yeah, it turned out to be something good. <laughs> I have a few questions because I'm, I'm trying to predict. I could be wrong. And I, I, want, I have a few questions. I want you to tell me if I'm right or wrong on these and if I'm wrong, like how wrong I am. <laughs> first competition... Local 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 strength competition at a county fair was it in a parking lot? More or less, it was. It was yeah. It was pavement. It was on. <laughs> Were competitors eating things like funnel cakes and fair food right afterward? If I recall, yes. <laughs> were there like were the spectators just standing around, or were there actually bleachers? There was one small set of bleachers, but the rest was kind of chilling, hanging out. Okay. I, I, I think I have a somewhat accurate vision of this in my mind because there only there's only so much you could do at a local fair when it comes to strength competitions. Right. It was very standard. The events were very standard. It's like a farmer's, a yoke, axle clean and press, um, a truck pull. So very, you know, standard, easy to set up. Like, so what was the moment, if there is one, where you decided you're like, hey, I really want to commit to this sport? I really want to commit to working toward my full potential in this sport. So I did the, uh, or qualified for the official Strongman Games in 2019. That was my first like big contest. I, I, I was still very new to the sport. I didn't follow the sport. I'm still guilty of not following the sport as much as other people right now. And, uh, so, you know, I, I still really had no clue. I knew that I was somewhat decent at this. So I just, I did OSG on a whim because I qualified and I took second place to Donna Moore. Like the legend, the legend Donna Moore. Right. And again, after that whole, after that contest, I, I still had no clue. I was like, okay, Donna Moore, she's cool. She came over, said hi, talked to me a little bit. And of course, now I understand the significance of that and how just grand that was. But I think it was after that when I, when I realized I'm like, okay, I was like, all right, let's start buying some, some actual, you know, higher quality training gear and, you know, uh, all the sleeves and the shoes and the, all that stuff. So I think it was after that when I realized that 
this is something, you know, and I should probably continue to do this. What I'm I'm gonna completely change the tone here because you've been so 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 positive and and awesome about this. What don't you like about the sport right now? You know, and this this is something that uh, is not just our sport of strongman, but it, it's across all sports. The negativity, I don't appreciate it. You know, when things are posted like uh, videos of these contests, uh, training videos, whether it be of me or another, you know, female. You know, you have these, I call them internet trolls that like to come in and they like to share their wonderful opinion. I really dislike that. You know, I dislike the fact that people want to discredit the accomplishment of women uh, when it comes to strength sports, especially, you know, just by throwing out falsities. A lot of times they're, they're false statements. They jump to conclusions, stuff like that. So I think if there's one thing that I disliked about the sport, that would be it. But again, like I said, it's not just, it's not just in our sport. I think there's something to be said. I mean, this is going to sound a little antithetical. Like I started bar bend and it's going to sound weird for me to say this. There is something to be said about not getting obsessive over sports coverage and especially the social media sphere in your sport. Cause there is a lot of negativity and that's kind of where it lives. Like that's where trolls live. They used to live yeah. under bridges and then social media was embedded. And they're like, we don't have to live under bridges anymore. We can live on social media. Right. It's, yeah. it's the home for trolls. And there is something to be said as far as like, creating a little separation not obsessing over checking every single comment thread and every video thread because it allows you to just focus on what you like about the sport and the factors you can control in your training and competing yeah 100 percent. and um you know i'm i guess known for not being very active on social media because of that you know because there was a very short period in time where um i would i would get on as a lot of people do and they look for like affirmation from people that they're doing great and you know their success you know and they're like prs when they're when they're lifting stuff aren't good enough for them almost they need to to see it hear from other people but like you said along with that is all the negative comments and so they like contradict each other you know one cancels the other out and so there was a period of time where you know i would get upset over those comments and now it's the point where i i just i've asked advice from other people who've been in the sport longer pros you know, and I'm like, how do you, how do you deal with this? Like, and the simplest answer was, I don't, I, I ignore it. You, you shut it off. And that's what I do. So, you know, me not responding to people's likes and support has nothing to do with them. It's just me separating myself, like you said, from, from just the negative. There's, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to be said for creating, for choosing to create that distance. So I appreciate you sharing that. Who do you look up to in the sport? We talked a little bit about Donna Moore, right? Um, and learning kind of after the fact what she's done for the sport, her longevity in the sport, and now across weight classes. Is there anyone else that you either look up to or maybe better question is really like competing against? <laughs> you know, I don't know that I have uh, necessarily a favorite. Um, or I look up to the women who are positive, who are positive, who are positive role models and influencers for, for other women are coming in the sport or like you know the young girls who are looking at what we do and and hoping that one day they can do it i I don't like drama i don't like the 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 bantering back and forth that sometimes competitors do so it's just the women that don't do that i mean and who and who make the sport a great a great sport you know what i mean to be a part of and really i think you know when we're talking about arnold that that's all of the women that were there i mean i've competed against all of them except for um tamara this first time Sure, but you know they're all such great sportsmen when you're not only when you're competing with them but when it's all over you know 
you get messages from them saying, hey, great job. It was great to see you. Can't wait to see you again. So I guess it would be just those women overall, you know? Um, and then, of course, the great. <laughs> you always look up to the greats, you know, because it's because of them that we're able to do what we do now. Well, Victoria, I know you're not super active on social, but if people do want to follow along with you when you do post, and by the way, Victoria, you're you're a great follow on Instagram. Like you're you're, you're underselling yourself just a little bit. Like your social presence is very good. I just want to be clear here, um, to to like rush to your defense against yourself. Uh, but what, <laughs> we got in touch with you via social. You're super responsive. Right. <laughs> What what is the best place for people to follow along with you and to bring, but only if they're going to bring that positivity? <laughs> well, unfortunately, we can't control that part of the scenario. We're at, we can ask but, nicely. I'm asking right. everyone nicely. You know, you can follow me on Instagram. That's probably the uh, most, I guess, popular way or common way that people follow me. My Facebook's kind of more like for like closer friends and family and stuff like that. So yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. Message me on Instagram. I've had several people message me, ask me questions about their training and stuff like that. And I'm always open to, to giving advice where I can. Things that are going to work for me may not work may not work for the next person, but by no means am I a strength coach. I don't coach athletes. I'm not there yet. I don't know if I will be. I'm just a regular person, lives a regular life, has a full-time job. So anytime I can help anybody out, really, I'm all for it. So they can message me, you know, personal message, or um, sorry, Instagram. You're a regular person who just so happens to deadlift more than any woman in, in history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you, just regular, casual, regular. <laughs> and I just want to be clear. It's not like that just happened. That's a testament to the work you've put in. And actually, I will say the hard work in a relatively short period of time, your career is still very much in its, I would I would hope, early stages. And I'm really, really excited. I think I speak for a lot of people when I say I'm really, really excited to see how that develops over the coming years. So thank you very much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thank you, David.